Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're in the book of 2 Thessalonians and focusing on some important truths about when Jesus comes again. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey, friends, welcome back. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. want to give a shout out to my really, really good friends, uh, at Moses Lake Baptist Church in Moses Lake, Washington. I love their mug. It says, real people, a real life, real change. And if you've ever been to Moses Lake Baptist Church, you know that to be true. Some of the dearest, most sincere, passionate Christians I know I've met right there at Moses Lake. Pray for them. They are praying about a, a new a church building to get built. They are out of room, and God's doing some great things for that church there in Washington. We are in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Not going too fast in this Bible study, uh, but uh, good news. It's a short book, and we are going to be done by the year's end. I promise you that, uh, because we're going to be starting a brand new book uh, for the coming year. So uh, I do have a method here to my madness 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, uh, wow, I just feel like verse number 3 was such a conviction to me. Uh, is my faith growing exceedingly? Uh, last uh, book that we studied was the book of 2 Peter, and the whole theme of that book was grow in grace, grow in grace. And I wonder, am I growing in grace? Is my faith, my capacity to trust the Lord, to live my faith, am I growing in my dependence upon the Lord? That's what faith is, is dependence. Am I growing in dependence or, or am I growing more and more independent? It's a, it's a convicting question. Verse number four of our text. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number four, where the apostle Paul says, so that we ourselves glory. So th this is the, the, the second half of what I, I meant to say yesterday, and that is, hey, we're bound to thank God for you. Uh, we feel like it's suitable because you have a growing faith. You have an abounding love so that we ourselves glory in you, in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. So there's the third one. So remember I said in uh, 1 Thessalonians, Paul praised their faith, he praised their love, and then he praised their patience or their, their, their perseverance. And now in 2 Thessalonians, the same three, faith, love, and now their perseverance. And, and I love the language here, verse number four, because it says, so that we ourselves Glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. So we glory in you. You say, well, you know, Kurt, I, I thought that it was not really right to glory in other people. I mean, I thought that God deserves the glory. Well, please understand what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He's not He's not saying that they deserve this glory apart from the Lord, but what he's saying is this is praiseworthy that they are trusting in the Lord. This is praiseworthy that the Lord's love is working in and through them. 
This is praiseworthy and to the benefit it ultimately redounds to and reflects the glory of God that they are hanging in there during these tough times. And what the Apostle Paul says is, we glory in you in front of all the churches. So Paul says, we're using your example uh, in our messages to other churches. So certainly that would be the case in the churches that Paul had visited since he had been to Thessalonica. So where had Paul been since he had gone to Thessalonica? He had been to Berea. Uh, he had been to Athens, and although there might not have been a church there, there were certainly believers there uh, that Paul could talk to about the testimony of the church at Thessalonica. And then, of course, he's in Corinth and spending time there. And so in Corinth, he's speaking of the testimony of the church at Thessalonica. And then Paul's writing other believers uh, from these places. And we don't know all the letters Paul writes, and not all the letters that Paul writes are included as Scripture, only the one that God intends to include. But the point is this, Paul is freely using the bona fide testimony of the Thessalonians to encourage other people. That's wise. Now, we should never use comparisons for the purpose of making ourselves look good. Uh, Paul told the Corinthian church, comparing themselves among themselves and measuring themselves by themselves, they're not wise. And that's certainly true. We, we should never compare for the purpose of, look at me, I'm better than. But there are wise comparisons in the Bible as well. Uh, for instance, remember when the Apostle Paul uh, some years later wrote to the church at Corinth and told them to get busy. Uh, collecting the offering that they said they, they were going to collect for the poor saints at Jerusalem. And one of the, the incentives that Paul gave them in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 was the fact that the poor churches of Macedonia, one of which was this church, the church at Thessalonica, that the poor churches of Thessalonica, they had given above and beyond, even beyond their a power to give, even beyond what Paul expected or, or even necessarily wanted them to give, they had given. And so it's wise sometimes to use comparisons in, in, in two respects. Number one, if I can use a comparison to help me to do better, or if I, I, a comparison is used where I'm not the one seeking the glory, but another man's lips is praising me, not mine own. And what Paul is saying is, you're not praising yourself. You're not touting your own horn. I have used your testimony, your good example to encourage other people. And how we need that among our teenagers, in our schools, in our youth groups, among our churches, we need good, positive, <coughs> excuse me, Christian testimonies. It's one of the ways that we're incentivized. It's one of the reasons, one of the ways we're encouraged. Uh, Paul would often do that. I think about his letter to uh, Timothy in the second epistle when he said, Timothy, you know all the people that have quit. You know these high-profile people that have abandoned the faith. But let me tell you about this guy named Onesiphorus. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. He was not ashamed of my chain. The Lord reward him according to his works. Now, Paul was very careful to list, hey, 
Uh, Romans chapter 16 is a great example. All those people who had so benefited the life of Paul, and he was careful to say, this one did this, and this one did that. And Aquila and Pr Priscilla, they laid down their, their lives for me. They laid down their, put their own necks on the line for me. And uh, everyone ought to write them a thank you letter for how they've blessed my life. So Paul would do this often, and we ought to do it often as well. Uh, that we ought to use the testimonies of others. I think it's one of the reasons why we ought to read good biographies. One of the reasons why we ought to put good role models in front of our young people. And Paul's saying that here. Hey, I've used your role model of standing for right and truth and for God in the middle of your persecutions, that you have this patience, this endurance. You know, you know that when you go through a trial, you go through an issue and you don't have to say one thing. You're preaching a message. You know, there's certain people that come to Faith Baptist Church and I love them so dearly. I love all our people so dearly. Uh, but there's certain people that just struggle physically. And when I think about their lives, I, I, they don't have to say a word. They're always preaching a message to me. Uh, people like Grant Wilson, just showing up at church. Grant, he's, he's preaching a message to me. Uh, people like uh, Roger McCrum, people like uh, uh, Fayreen Schultz, people like Janice Gardner. Uh, and I, I start naming names. I could, I could, I could name a hundred more. People that don't have to say a word, but their faithful attitude, their faith in God, their perseverance in trials is such an encouragement to me. Who's that person in your life? And why don't you tell them? That's what Paul did here. Paul told them. He told them, you, you've been, I've been talking to other churches about you. You've been a blessing. And how have you blessed? You've blessed not by winning a thousand people to Christ or by giving a big love offering. And, and not that those things aren't important, but you've been a blessing simply by hanging in there. Your faithfulness has been a blessing. Look at verse number four again. Uh, that for your patience and faith in all of your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stop there. Boy, I'll tell you, we are moving at a snail's pace, but I think this is important and I hope it's been an encouragement to you. So think about it today. Why don't you make it your homework today to write somebody, text somebody, call somebody, uh, look somebody in the, in the eye today and tell them, boy, I'm so grateful for the way that you, and boy, tell them something, the way that you love others, the way that you have faith in God, the way that you just hang in there in spite of all that you're going through. Boy, I've been telling other people about you. Wouldn't that be a blessing to the Lord, to them, and to all that would hear? That's what Paul was doing right here in verse number four. Hope that helps today. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.